Hello and welcome back to the Sports Couch Podcast with your hosts, Matt. Nick. And no Chris today, just just Matt and Nick, but we do have a guest, uh, Devin Davidson. I'd like to say hello, Devin. Hey guys, what's up? I'm a new Chris. I'll be doing a better <laughs> job than Chris, hopefully. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, Devin's uh, an, an avid fan of the couch. Yeah, uh, good friend I of the pod. Yep. You know, shouted him out on the last episode, but this is a little Tough Takes episode. Um, you know, our new series that we're giving a shot, just open forum about specific topics. And teams and fans of those teams. So Devin uh, is a is a big fan of the Nets, and we're heading into uh, you know opening week of the NBA. So how you feeling about that, Devin? Pumped? I'm definitely, as they like to say, cautious cautiously optimistic about the Nets because you know you can't get too excited about a team with a roster that's been shaken up this much. Yeah. But uh, so far, what I'm seeing from Ben Simmons, it's not like he's coming out and popping threes and draining them, but He's playing yeah. good defense, which is what we needed him to do. We needed playmaking, rebounding, and defense. And so far, it's uh, looking like he's able to fill that void. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So I saw some of those clips. And, of course, like, you know, not to poke fun at him, but I'm seeing, you know, Ben Simmons, lead, you know, uh, season ready. And it's like an assist and like a dunk under the basket. I mean, it's great. But I'm saying, do you think he's going to be the playmaker on that offense? Or do you think if Kyrie is there every day, he's really going to be running the offense? Or are, are we actually going to see that in Simmons hands because he lacks in other areas? That's a very good question. And the way I see it right now is that Simmons, it's the Nets offense. It's kind of very fluid with the way the ball moves from the clips I've seen, the ball movement is just, it's just going around and around. It looks really good. Like there's no uh, ball hogginess. You could say like, it, it just, it's just fluid and the ball moves to the open guy and he, he either takes it or passes it along. Until we Which was the look. fear. That was the fear with, with Harden there. That was the fear that there was going to be ball hogs. Yeah. And now that Harden's out of here, we got Ben Simmons, you know, who's legitimately afraid of an outside shot. So <laughs> he's going to be slashing and our guys on the perimeter and we got weapons outside. We got snipers. So Ben Simmons will be that, slashing and that'll just collapse everything, open up everything else. It's looking good. That's what I was reminding Nick of when Nick was saying, you know, that, that and I'll quote you, Nick, you said that Nets were lacking depth. And I said, don't you got to put respect on Patty Mills, his name, Seth Curry, some guys that can shoot from out there. For sure. Yeah. Well, I do like I do like the uh, the moves that they made. You know, acquiring Royce O'Neal. They signed T.J. Warren to like a really small contract. Yeah. How did they get him? He's coming off the foot injury. Uh, He's a very good player. He really uh, looked really good. uh, You know, in the 2020 bubble. Uh, And then he's been a little banged up since then. But Markeith Morris and then Ben Simmons. I think the big thing is how I mean, obviously this team is just as talented as any team in the NBA early exit. They had a tough draw last year with Celtics. I had called um, a a Tatum uh, surge, uh, you know, last year. So it was a tough draw. A lot of the, you know, issues, you know, off the court Kyrie and the antics and then Ben Simmons, you know, uh, everything going on with him. So, you know, really, I think what it comes down to is I think that on the court, they could gel real nicely. You mentioned, uh, the ability to cut to the basket and open up shots for Seth Curry and these other shooters and, and things. But uh, how comfortable is Ben Simmons going to be playing basketball? I mean, long-term, I mean, what's going to happen if there's another, you know, if Kyrie decides to take a couple games off for some sort of disagreement that he has, who knows? I mean, I think the only thing holding this team back is themselves. So, um, you know, 
that's what I'm really curious to see. I've always really liked Ben Simmons. I don't know the guy, you know, mental health is important, but it just seems like he's not very motivated. So, um, and then Kyrie seems to be very focused on himself. So I hope that's not the case. I do like the players. I think they're the, the most, you know, it's one of the most talented rosters in the NBA for sure. It's just going to be how well can they work together? And even with, with KD, uh, what happens if this team has a losing skid? Is he all bought in? So it's going to come down to if these guys are going to come together, I think really buy into, um, you know, working together and, and competing for a championship because the talent's there. Yeah, you made a lot of great points about how the talent on this team is, you know, top of the league. We have an extremely talented roster, but when it comes down to the big question mark with this team and the reason why we can't find uh, great success is because the the chemistry side and the mental side of things, these guys, you know, it's hard to tell if they're really in it or not. So the big question mark for the season, I think, is going to be how well can we not – I think we're going to do fine on the floor. It's going to be off the floor. How are we going to stick together? How are we going to keep our guys motivated? And, you know, like you said, Kyrie might do this. Kevin Durant might say this. But I think if we can – if they can all just put our differences aside and focus on the goal of, you know, bringing home a championship for the, for the first time, that would be – that's the big question mark for the season is how, how are they going to get that done? So that's what I'll Definitely. be uh, focusing on in the future. And and, sure. and on that, I wanted to ask, you know, we we here just being fans of the NBA, you know, we hear headlines and we see how things are going. We see media day, Kyrie and KD, you know, dapping each other up, getting ready. But you probably, you know, tap into some other uh, deeper beat writers for the Nets and things. Have you heard anything about if there's been anything specifically addressed about if Kyrie really is like, is, is he is he here? Is he here 100 percent? It was that part of the reason KD ruffled feathers and ha have they come together? Have you heard anything on the, in the inside as a Nets fan that we, that the general public might not have heard, you know, the, the profiles you tap into the things you listen to about that, about his commitment. As far as the general media goes, they like to publish. They only like publishing negative stuff about the Nets. They never yeah. want to talk about whenever they're doing well, whenever something good happens for the organization. So here's my thoughts as someone you know on the inside you could say is that kevin durant the the stuff he tried to pull this summer it's almost like he tried to tear apart the team and now they kind of he kind of just tried to like we try to erase that and forget about that and now he's on our roster and it, it looks like he's gonna go through with it so for me it's really hard to tell if his relationship with Kyrie dapping up and they look like they're buddies like is that for appearances or is he really riding with Kyrie for the season that's a big question mark another thing is is that how committed to this team is he? And you mentioned Kyrie. Is he going to be here? Is he? Does he want to be here? I think that Kyrie wants to be in Brooklyn and wants to play for Brooklyn. It's a matter of does he want to play basketball? And is he in it for basketball or is he in it for a, a bigger, bigger Next picture contract, thing? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think Kyrie likes Brooklyn, wants to stay in Brooklyn, but it's it's a, it's a problem of is he in it for basketball reasons or something else. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, you know, and, and something we'll see flesh out. Is he playing for a contract? Is he playing for an, another, you know, a last big deal before he gets into that upper tier of, of uh, age in terms of players in the league? Or is he just throwing that aside and just, you know, being there to win for, for the Nets? I guess that is a, you know, a question that will be answered as the season goes on. But 
The fact that it's unclear, does that make you nervous as a Nets fan? I'd say I'm nervous. There's a there's a, t- a little little twinge of nervousness, but I've as a fan of any of my teams, I'm always confident, cautiously optimistic, like I said, but I'm always confident and I always believe in my teams. So until I really see something where I'm like, damn, like we're done. Until I see that, I'm always gonna believe. I like that. And you know, on on that note, in terms of belief, because I think a lot of that belief comes from coaching just generally speaking are what, what's your feeling because you know there was some of that shade early on when that hire happened with nash um what's your opinion about how that's been facilitated and if he's you know the, a right face for for them and just your feelings about him as, as a coach as a whole yeah to add to there. that i want to know about you know i think really what we've talked so much about uh on, on the couch, how important coaching is. Chris seems to think it's more about the stars, particularly yeah. in the NBA. I would agree with that to some extent, but there seems to be a lot of contention between what I was hearing was Durant wanted Nash gone and Nash has been okay. We've been very critical of him on the couch. Um, he's 92 and 62 overall in his coaching career. Do you think he's the right guy? You know, adding on to Matt's question there, how important is, is coaching for this team? You think? So Chris makes a decent point, surprisingly, about how it's about the talent and not so much about the coaching. But like I said, it's only a half decent take. Like it comes down to both. You need a solid coach. You can't win championships without a championship caliber coach. And Steve Nash, let me say this about Steve Nash, one of my favorite players of all time. He was the first NBA jersey I ever bought. Like I was I was a huge Steve Nash fan. He has no championships. Why are we hiring a guy with no championships? We so when we hired Steve Nash, we also we also hired Mike D'Antoni and uh, my boy. With, with yeah, yeah, your boy. And when we uh when we were rolling with that squad as our uh, coaching staff, I was I was uh I was feeling good. And then we lost D'Antoni, and I'm honestly I love Steve Nash. I'm not confident in his ability to coach us at a championship caliber level. So. To answer your question, is he? How do I feel about him? Is he the right guy? You know, like I said, I'm a I'm a fan who's always going to believe. So I believe that he can get it done, that he's capable of getting it done. Will he? Is hard to answer. It's really mm-hmm. like would I bet money that he is the coach that can bring us to championship land? I don't know because it's like you have two sides of the coin with him having no championships. He probably wants it so bad. He wants to get a championship so bad now that he has a coach. This is probably his last chance to get a championship. And then you have the other side where it's like, does he does he have the facilities to get us there? You know, there's always two sides of the coin. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether to call heads or tails on this one. Wow. Hey, what's so interesting about it is you, you rewind uh, a year and a half and KD, you know, he, he said, I want Nash. I want Kyrie. And the Nets made it happen for him. That's why I was so we were we were getting a little heated on the couch because I was so down on him for, you know, oh, I want out of the, the Nets. You know, things aren't going well. And I, now I want out. And he basically he 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 got whatever he wanted. <laughs> yeah. they, they said, whatever you want, KD, um, which I get, which more I than get any other sport because he's an all world player. Um, but now it's time to lead that team uh, and keep, keep, keep everybody together. Like I said, the, the roster looks great. They've surrounded, you know, I think with Simmons, I've always liked him as a player, a passer, um, a slasher, you know, he's great uh, taking it to the rim. One of the best in the NBA. Um, and they've surrounded him with really good shooters. 
Uh, they got a, some nice young pieces. Claxton, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, Don't forget you know, Joe Harris. He's the starting big man. Oh, Joe Harris is coming back. I, I did forget about him a little bit. Yeah, He's been hurt, but he's. I, I think he should be ready for the season opener. So talent's there. It's going to come down to, I mean, we'll see how important coaching is, but I think uh, it's going to be on KD to keep this team in sync. If they have a couple, couple games where they skid a little bit, keep the faith. If, you know, there's some off-field things that go on with some of the players, you know, got to keep pushing through it. And, um, you know, the talent's there. It's just a matter of how they're going to mesh mesh together. But I, I think it's – I think the sky's the limit for this team. I mean, speaking about, you know, you know, the Nets a lot and, you know, what they need to do as a team and to get their chemistry. But on that note, you know, you got to get through other teams. So, Devin, are there any teams that you're worried about um, you know, regular season, you know, in terms of seeding, but, but more importantly, cause this is a play, this is a playoff team matchups in the playoffs. You know, what teams are you kind of worried about? Because I know it's pouring salt in the wound, but getting swept is, was pretty shocking. Yeah. That's a very good question. I haven't thought too much that far down the line, but it's a very important question to ask. So I'd say I'm most worried about the Boston Celtics and the Bucks. Those are two teams that immediately come to mind. It's the white and green teams that, you know, we fear as Nets fans. Another team that is uh, a slight concern, not as much as those other two teams, because they've proven that they, they'll give us issues, is uh, the Sixers with Harden and Embiid. Mm. Um, it's going to be, it's like, is Ben going to be able to go to Philly and deal with all the torture those fans are going to give him? And is he going to be able to size up Embiid? Because He's going to be half the guy we have to throw at him. It's going to be him and Claxton and and uh, Kevin Durant. We're going to have the body up against the beat. And it's like going to be interesting they, games. Can they hold I'm that guy? Try to go to that game, <laughs> dude. That's that's going to be a legendary series. And I have a buddy who's a Sixers fan, and we always talk like uh, ECF Sixers Nets. When's it going to happen? And it's like every year we get our hopes up, and then we get down again. But this year it could be the year, and it would be an insane matchup with the trades that went on last year oh it really would be it would it just uh sent a chill down my spine just thinking about it but yeah, those yeah, the, the east isn't the uh slouch conference that that has no. been in years oh, past yeah, totally. coming up uh, uh brogdon going to the celtics i think that's a great move they gave up nothing for him uh obviously they lose their coach which you know we'll see how big of an impact that is because they're able to really turn the corner with him um but uh yeah it's gonna be tough that's why i think it's just even if you have some some highs and lows during the season, it's a long season. You got to keep the faith. You got to keep the guys together, and a lot of that will have to come down to KD and, and Steve Nash. So uh, I think they're the leaders of this this team. Um, Kyrie hasn't really shown that because uh, he hasn't always been there. Well, speaking so. of Kyrie, I, I think that Kyrie needs, in order for them to be a contender, Kyrie needs to play the most games he's played in the last three seasons. I believe he hasn't be played season. more than 70 games in the past couple of years. It's it's pretty it's a staggering stat. I mean, if we go back to even the season before the bubble or right around the bubble, I mean, since then he hasn't played a full season. I don't think the last time he played a full season, I believe, was when he was in Cleveland. Like the last time he played, I think he missed like two or three games. And that was when they won the championship in Cleveland. When he went to Boston, he still missed a bunch of games. And then obviously we know all the stuff with the Nets recently. So I think my opinion is that's how I feel about Kawhi, you need to play a full season. When I say a full season, if you miss five, six games because of injury, I'd even say if you miss 10 games, you know, it, it needs to be for reasons of injury. It needs to be reasons of, of you know, uh, rest, not to the extent that Kawhi does. I don't really believe in that kind of 
save myself for the playoffs. Um, and if if Kyrie leans into that, especially because of how tumultuous it's been, I don't think it's going to be good, especially for this team. I think uh, they need chemistry all games year. in the past three years. Obviously, the shortened season in 2020, but still, you yeah. know, it it, it it rattles out. 29 games last year, 54 in 2020. A little bit of a shortened season, so he was there for a lot of it. And then 20. Uh, Is that something you agree with, so. Devin? Do you think that, like your view on load management with this team, do you think that more than other teams, it's important that they're to, that, that chemistry, they're grinding every day? Do you think that's important? I 100% believe that if you want to have success in a deep run in the playoffs, you need to play games together and you need to win a lot of games together. That's bottom line for any team success. If you uh, look at the stats, I can't rifle off stats out of my brain like that, but every every championship team has all their guys playing the majority of the games, vast majority of the games. Yeah. You need runs with your teammates if you want to have a deep run in the playoffs. It's that simple, and you need to win a lot of games too. And yeah, I mean, you know, look at a player like LeBron. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, doesn't miss a lot of games. And I think that's that's to your point there, Devin. Is is he made a point of throughout his career playing as many as, as he as he could, and I think a lot of that lends to being able to mesh well with certain players. Make sure he's on the court with all the players. And so when it comes time to, you know, playoff time, he's comfortable, you know, and, and there's a good understanding on the court with everyone. So, and he's had a lot of success. Um, Curry's the same way. So a lot of these guys, Giannis, so Jokic, but he hasn't had as much success, but in the playoffs, but still. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, what, what I'm getting from you is, is pretty much what, what we, we all agree. I think that the team needs chemistry. They need to play consistently and honestly, there, we can't really have expectations for for Nash until until we see him with a with a full roster um, and, you know, a, a team that's that's playing all year. Um, so I guess it remains to be seen. You know, I guess Devin's keeping the faith. He's got faith in his teams, which, of course, I have to throw in a little bit of a surprise conversation here. We do have another Jets fan on the couch here, Nick. Three Jets oh, we fans do. right now. So wow, Devin, Devin's a quieter Jets awesome. fan, but he's he's rooting for the Jets. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. You know, I don't have too many Jets fans, uh, fan friends. You know, it's a bit of a secret society, as you know, but they're out there because whenever the Jets play well, we, we blow up Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they're out So we got to touch on that before, you know, before we close this out. We got to touch on that, Devin. We got to hear some thoughts without Chris to interrupt. We got to hear some Jets talk. So let me get your opinion on on what, what you've seen so far. Yep. Three I knew once you started uh... – saying you were going to do a bonus little bonus segment here. I knew exactly where you were going and I couldn't be happier about it, <laughs> you know, for the first time in a long time. So I'm, I'm more of a newer Jets fan. I, uh, Me too. I, I joined uh, the ETS fan club. I like to call it. So I'm a Nets Mets Jets fan. And uh, nice. you know, it's three franchises that are at a uh, immediate or just underdog franchises. I like to say. And uh, so as far as the Jets go, what a season we're having so far. I mean, yeah, like in the first two weeks, I think Flacco was a uh, top five in passing yards, which was just an incredible sight to see. Yes, two <laughs> games, whatever. Okay. So now that Zach Wilson's back, I think we're looking phenomenal. He gave us a spark we needed. He gave us a, a boost that we really needed. And um, we're two and two, right? Or three and two. Three and two. Three, three and two. two. We beat Tied Miami. for a second. Yep. We beat Miami 40 to what, 17? Yeah. You would have thought if you saw that end result, you would have thought it was Miami 40, Jets 17. No, not today. 
yeah. the Jets are looking, the Jets are here, man. Like we are young. And I was talking to a coworker who's a big football guy. And he's like, he was talking about all the cap, cap space we're going to have. He's like, dude, the Jets, the Jets can get there if uh, they make smart moves. And I love our coach too. He's doing a great uh, job. Yep. Yeah. And the receipts, keep the receipts, keep the receipts. And you know, Nick, Nick has been a Jets fan longer than any of us. And I'll just speak for him when I say that Nick has always talked about having a plan, having a, a, a three, even four year plan, you know, something that that's that's set in stone, that's put into action. And the Jets never got past like the second or third year of a plan in the past decade or so. I mean, Nick has said there's been plans. Things have fallen apart. You know, you had Todd Bowles fell apart. You had uh, Adam Gase fell apart. So, you know. This seems like, but, wow, yeah. it, something's coming together finally. I mean, they have so many offensive weapons. They have uh, an offensive coordinator that is, you know, tenured, knows the game, a head coach that was a defensive mind that clearly knows how to lead a team, is a firehouse, you know, a, has firepower in the locker room, which I've always thought is huge for a football head coach. You got to be a rah-rah guy in the NFL because we forget that these guys – are, are, are coming from college. They're young guys. They need that. They need, and especially for football, you need that gridiron fire. So I'm, I'm happy with Salah right now. This is a team that obviously the Jets had some decent starts over the, you know, in 2017 to 2015, they went 10, six, missed the playoffs, but I don't remember a time where, and a lot of this lends to all of the young talent and a young coach. Everyone says same old Jets, but they don't think about it. Okay. This is totally different coaching staff. It's so many different new young players and the mentality is shifting where they expect to win. Yeah. They're walking around with swag, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. They're like, we're dogs. Sauce, like we're, we're, we're good, man. For, we're competing for rookie of the week. Sauce was saying on uh, uh, getting interviewed, oh man, I think you're going to beat me out for uh, rookie of the week this week, Brees. Like they're just, they know how talented they are. And they're, they're not, they haven't been here for years. They, they, yes, they've heard about and they've seen the Jets losing mentality, but it's so many players, Sala, Wilson, you know, Garrett Wilson, Sauce, they all said, you know, we, we're, we're pumped, we're, we're excited, we're three and two now, scored 40 points, but you shouldn't be surprised. This is what we're going to be doing. Yeah, this I don't know if you saw that video, Devin, but Sala was like, you know, I'd like to go pop some champagne. That they, are here to, to, to compete and it's not just, and this is what I wanted, right? I, this year I want to have, com, you know, co uh, competitive games, scoring points, 40 points for the jets. That's insane. Yeah. And now we're playing meaningful football in October when usually it looks like the season's almost done the past five years. It's been, Oh, I think the season's done. And now it's, we're in the hunt. We're in, yeah, the, we're hunt. in the We are in the hunt. And, and Sal is saying football in we're not going to celebrate. Like we're not going to pop champagne. This is normal. This is what needs to be happening every week. I love that. I love that. This year absolutely feels different as a Jets fan. There's a different kind of aura around when people talk about the Jets. There's a, there's a little bit of fear now that hasn't, hasn't been there in a long time. Yeah. And we have, we have a, a ton of talent and I think we're fostering a culture where guys are going to want to come and play for the jets, which is huge going into next season. Like you said, we, we have a plan. We're enacting a plan. Part of that plan is creating a culture that, that uh, free agent guys are going to want, want to come and play at MetLife in the green and it, jerseys. And, it, and it's so important to, and Matt's talked about it. Salah, of course, and Joe Douglas creating a culture doesn't culture. happen overnight. This winning culture. And it's so important um, you know, from the top down, we don't love our owner, Woody Johnson, but um, I love the hire of Salah and uh, and Joe Douglas, and they're really doing the right things. And now we're a couple of years into to their tandem, and we're already seeing, um, you know, the 
great draft class and these young players coming in. I mean, the Jets lost four of their, uh, you know, starting tackles and still have found a way to win, win football games. And this team's coming together, the camaraderie I love. So it's it's a good it, good time to be a Jets fan, and I think the future is bright. Zach Wilson is is getting better, yeah, each and every game. Showing confidence. These, these young players, these young skill players, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, even Corey Davis and Conklin, they're they're and Carter, they're helping him um, build his confidence, and that's so important with a young quarterback. So. And I just think it's so exciting when you're to be a Jets fan, and they're setting up on the line of scrimmage, and you're thinking. Who, who can go off on this play? You know, is he going to Brees? Is he going, is he going to Corey Davis down, you know, down doing a, a post route? We didn't have that. You know, it was, it was who the hell is he going to throw to for years? You know, who the hell are they going to give the ball to? Are they going to give it to washed up Le'Veon Bell? I mean, it was just, it, it was praying to get a first down. And now it's like, okay, let's drive and get a touchdown. And that's a whole different feeling. They have two players, one on offense, one on defense that are leading uh, the voting or, or the odds for, Offensive rookie of the year. He's tied with Alave on the offensive side. Brees is, but then Sauce is number one. And then Garrett Wilson looks legit, you know. So Garrett Jermaine Wilson Johnson's has been in there. Great tools in his bag. And yeah. I remember the first couple of games, I was I had, I had my eye on him. I, he was under the magnifying glass, you could say. And he was he had moves that like you don't see out of rookie guys. Like he's yeah. he's a different kind of talent. we were at the game. Yeah, we were at the game uh week one and uh he had this. He had one. He didn't have a huge game, but he had a couple of catches. One of them, he juked out like two guys and got the first down. Whoa! Yeah, like, whoa! From a rookie. I and, think I know uh, exactly what you're talking about. He had like this nice little like stop start move. Yeah, and, like, yeah. spun forward. It was insane. I was like going crazy. But so yeah, Brees Hall. It's it's an exciting. It's fun to watch these games. Um, they're scoring points. It's a good time to be a Jets fan. So win or lose, they're competing. And they have the expectation of of playing winning winning football deep into the year, and I couldn't be happier. So pumped to be a Jets fan. It's gonna get better from here. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's exciting. Jets. <laughs> Jets Nets. Jets, but Jets. unfortunately, you know the Mets got ousted. So that that yes. that trio there won won 101 games. But I mean, we already had one bonus topic. I don't think we need another special no. on that topic. Yeah, uh, but it's a, it's a rough one. But Devin, it was uh, fantastic having you here on the couch. Uh, thanks for having a seat and bringing your expertise about the Nets. And I have to say, I think out of the the time that this whole big three was established, I remember how pumped you were when that happened. You know, since that time, I think that things are aligning for the Nets that it's kind of like not only a win now mentality, but it's it's sort of it the timing is finally right for the team to win. So it's 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 a mentality, but it, it also is the timing being right. It's been very volatile ever since uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie landed in Brooklyn. But like you said, it's been very up and down, up and down every season. And then at this point, ever since the Ben Simmons trade happened, I was feeling like the best I've felt in a long time. I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's run it with these guys. And I understood that last season it was a little rushed putting everything together. And that, that, that postseason was probably not our, not our year. And then Kevin Durant is like this summer, he's like, I want to leave. It's like, it seems like the world was falling down for the Nets. And then now we're the preseason is, uh, it's, I think it's over. I think we had a last so. game last night. And, uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say it again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and I believe. And right now, that's all you can do as a fan. That's it. That's how we feel about the Jets, too. Well, <laughs> Like I said, thanks for coming on, Devin. This has been great. Tough takes. Um, thanks to everyone listening. And again, you got anybody who wants to come on here and talk about their team? 
let us know. Um, we'll get them on here. And I think, you know, this this series is a good place to kind of just hash it out about our teams. Yeah, glad get- to have you on. We'll have to have you on again. Um, talk about the Jets, Nets, and anything else. So uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Tough Takes.